Hey guys, welcome back to Emotion Overload. Um, so last time we did our introduction podcast and we introduced ourselves, told you a little bit about us, um, and we also talked about what we plan on talking about throughout our time for this project. And so I am Sophia Plate. I'm Sammy Huber. I'm Julie. And today we're going into what is an emotion, since we're going to be talking about that in this podcast. And I mean name of the podcast probably gives it away a little bit but we figured we should define and figure out what an emotion is before we go into more depth yeah but i'm looking forward to talking about it with you guys definitely definitely so to like start us off i want to throw it back to a historical perspective and bring in william james one of the like most amazing (laughs) psychology researchers and psychology professors has existed love william james work his book um principles of psychology volume one phenomenal you should read it guys but in it he talks about how emotions are the physiological the bodily reverberations so it's this physiological this neurological experience and that's what he labels emotions to be i totally love that okay Um, so I don't know as much as him about, (laughs) I don't know as much as you do about him. So instead, I'm going to talk about Aristotle and Descartes. Okay. Okay. So Aristotle believed that emotions were cognitive and that they can be controlled. Um, he also proposed a theory called catharsis, which is a release of bottled up emotions. And I don't know about you guys, but growing up Mm. and even to this day, I am still the type of person who will keep all of their feelings inside and then eventually, unfortunately, blow up. <laughs> um, so that, I can totally relate. <laughs> yes, I definitely used to do that as a kid um, and I would do it like clockwork. So I'm learning to deal with my emotions more as they come now. <laughs> awesome. We all need to work on that. <laughs> yes. Yes, we do. Okay. Um, so... Descartes um, is known for his Latin phrase, I think, therefore I am, which reminds me about Dr. Seuss. I don't know about you guys. <laughs> um, okay, so he also came up with the theory of six fundamental passions. And the six fundamental passions are wonder, desire, joy, love, hatred, and sadness. <laughs> um, he also disagreed with Aristotle and said that emotions can't be controlled and instead they're just a knee-jerk reaction. And I don't know about you guys, but I like this version over Aristotle's version. See, I definitely think that there's a balance between the two of it being this kind of knee-jerk thing that Descartes talking about, but also something that we have a little bit of control over, like yeah. Aristotle was saying. It's, definitely. It's also really fun because, you know, like, I just love psychology because, like, you get to study other people, but you're also, like, learning other people's perspectives and you get to agree to disagree, but you're also learning something at the same time. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. Yeah, so I will be talking about three different (laughs) theories of emotions as well. So the first one is William James. Um, The James Lang theory talks about how emotions are a result from our perception and awareness of our bodily senses and stimuli. So I'm going to use this example throughout it, but if you were to see a snake in the ground, James would say that you would see the snake your heart would start beating really fast, you would start breathing heavier, and you would jerk your knee up or your leg and try to get away from it. And then you would realize, oh, I'm feeling fear because of your bodily um, uh, responses. Responses. (laughs) Yes, thank you, Julie. 
Um, so the second one is the Cannon Bard theory, and they talked about how um, emotions trigger physiological responses and subjective experience. So you understand and um, you understand your experience and your bodily responses at the same time. So if you were to see that snake again, your heart would start beating, your leg would move, and you would understand what is happening and how you feel at the same time. And then the last theory is the Schachter-Singer theory, also known as the two-factor theory. And they tend to agree with Aristotle, saying that um, your uh, emotions are your appraisal of the experience, which means that you have an autonomic appraisal, which is your physiological response. So, you know, your heart starts racing and you move your leg and your systematic appraisal, which is your understanding and your conscious awareness of the appraisal. So I can totally relate to your snake example. So the first year that my mom and I and my siblings moved to this house, we live in a flood zone. And so it was trash day. And because it was flooding, our trash can got swept away. So I put on my swimsuit, my raincoat, <laughs> whatever else, rain boots. And I walked on our street after our trash can. And all of a sudden, I feel something on my boot, okay? And the two animals in life that I'm scared of are spiders and snakes. So I look down at the water. There's this huge black snake wrapped <laughs> around my boot, okay? I literally think I died. I couldn't breathe. I just felt this, like, shock of electricity go up my whole entire body. It was terrifying. <laughs> So I just thought I would add that in there and say that that's totally a real example. Yes, that's funny because the other day we were picking up trash for school and I saw what was a shoelace and to me it looked like a snake and so I automatically like jerked my leg it like kind of like screamed a little just just a little relatable and um then I was like oh it's not a snake it's just a shoelace and so then I calmed down but I had that natural reaction to the shoelace. Yeah. I, okay, that specific example relates so well to the Schachter-Singer theory about mm -hmm. how context plays a role in this type of experience. Because, like, if I were to see a snake, I would be reacting yeah. pretty strongly to that situation. Like, even just hearing Sophie's story have me cringing in my chair. <laughs> like, snakes are no good. But a shoelace, I'm fine with. Yeah. So as soon as, like, you realize that it's a shoelace, you're like, oh... I can chill out. I'm not actually afraid. And like, I keep thinking of examples where it's like someone taps me on the shoulder mm -hmm. and I'm not expecting someone to like be behind me. That little me. heart attack. Yeah. <laughs> but the second I see that it's a friend, I'm like, oh, like the heart attack feeling is happiness in yeah. that experience and not total fear if it was somebody that I didn't know. Exactly. Which context is so valuable. <laughs> Very valuable. I agree. Ugh. But to kind of get a little bit more in depth about this, we have talked about kind of some of the different theories and ideas about emotions and kind of the history behind that. But what exactly are emotions in a terminology sense? Mm -hmm. So frequently we hear people talking about like, oh, that's such a mood or like I'm feeling this emotion or... I'm just sad all the time, but how do we distinguish those? 
And so in affective science, they have three different branches of this with affect, emotion, and mood, where affect is kind of the overarching term. So we're talking about kind of just the experiences as a whole, but emotions are specific short-term events and experiences that you have. So like that feeling of seeing a snake and immediately being like, nope, (laughs) that's more of the emotion state of it's like prompted by something, exists for a short period of time, and then disappears afterwards. But a a mood is that long-term experience of like, okay, it's hanging around, it's lingering for a while, Mm -hmm. which is really like interesting to have that kind of distinction within affective science and super helpful in understanding it. So I can definitely relate to that, and I know both of you can too, because we're at the time of the semester where it's crunch time, and we're all in the overload Mm-hmm. Like the emotion overload. <laughs> emotion yep. overload. Perfect fitting. So just like the feeling of we're all overwhelmed and it's a crazy time. So mm-hmm. that's mm-hmm. that's a good example of mood. Yeah. Okay. So we also have two main theories of emotion. We have basic emotion theory, which I'm going to tell you a little bit about. Um. So Ekman composed that there are five basic emotions. So his five basic emotions are anger, disgust, fear, surprise, sadness, and <laughs> Julie's over here praising. <laughs> yep. Um, happiness and contempt. Actually, that's more than five, but I'll, we'll get into that, okay? <laughs> we can count. <laughs> totally can count. Um, so he actually comprised that there's five basic emotions, but a couple years later, he changed it to seven basic emotions. Later on, he just said that there's just more, okay? <laughs> so it gets a little confusing with him. But in some of the research we read, it talked about um, a lot that psychologists, like, they agree to disagree. I'm going to use that term again, okay? So they agree to disagree. So let's say someone uses um, fear as one of the emotions, but someone else uses anxiety. They're really similar, but yet they're different. Like, theorists have a really hard time coming up with just basic emotions. They say there's so many out there. So, because emotion is, like, in the early stages of research, it's really interesting to see, like, everyone's point of views and how they get research done, even though they have different viewpoints. Yeah, it's really beautiful to see how psychology is developing, especially as we understand emotions. It's so, some stuff is so new, and we are really just learning about the world and how we are made. Um, And if you are religious, just learning about how God created us. And it's just so beautiful to see this start to unfold. And we are just curious human beings learning about ourselves, learning about each other. Um, So, yeah. Yeah, even one of the videos I watched for class, um, one of the purposes of her study were to talk about... um, um, (laughs) Sorry. One of the uh, studies she was talking about was um, social interactions and how they interact to you. Um, And even in her study, she... She confirmed that the study of emotions is still in early stages. In early stages, and um, Dr. Naomi Eisenberger is the person that I was talking about, and she is actually the co-director of social cognitive neuroscience. She's also an associate professor of psychology at UCLA, and I highly recommend looking into all her research. It was really fascinating. And so kind of as the counter theory a little bit to basic emotions is the theory of constructed emotions. Mm -hmm. So with basic emotions theory, you kind of have this idea of these emotions are innate, they exist universally, 
there's some different characteristics that Ekman created that's been used within like emotion research for the past like 30 40 years basically mm-hmm. since Ekman um published all of these studies and work has been done with it but recently we've had the theory of constructed emotions get brought into and proposed predominantly by Lisa Feldman Barrett who discusses how emotions may not actually be basic they might not be this innate um evolved thing that we all experience but rather that there's this idea of a social interaction and social component to it and that we have the physiological experience so a heart racing Mm -hmm. and like blood pumping and all of that is simply the arousal Mm -hmm. and experiencing this high arousal state in the emotion but that doesn't mean that it's actually anger is kind of her point in that how we interpret the changes that we experience physiologically is socially constructed and so you can therefore have full control over your emotions because it's predominantly cognitive and predominantly um, influenced by the social environment and social structure that you exist within which is super fascinating i loved her examples they were really cool Also, Mm -hmm. if you guys want to know a little bit more about her, she wrote a book called How Emotions Are Made, um, and also known as The Secret Life of the Brain, and they're just, it's phenomenal. So, if you want more information, go ahead and read that. Mm -hmm. Yeah, she um, talks a lot about how context really does matter and play an important role, and how we appraise and understand situations in our own physiological responses. Um, She also believes that emotions are not universal, and they're not genetic in nature. Mm -hmm. which is super different than what Ekman proposes Mm -hmm. with the basic emotion theory so like we said this is kind of like a little bit of a new field within psychology or at least newly focused on and all of these changes are occurring within the past like 30 years we have Ekman's theory and currently we have Barrett kind of flipping the tables on affective science and saying hey let's look at this differently which is super exciting to be able to, like, experience and interact with right now. Yeah, no, I totally agree. And I, like, all the research we've done for, like, podcasts or, like, in (laughs) class, like, it's so fascinating. And, like, all the different, like, instruments they use, like, fMRI scanners and um, just, like, there's it's so fascinating. And I Mm -hmm. really wish our school was able to afford all of these different (laughs) instruments because I would low-key be in research all the time. Man, I would be thriving with an fMRI. Yeah. That would be so good. Dr. Poole, if you're listening, please get us an fMRI scanner. Thank you. Well, and it's so cool because, you know, high-tech things like an fMRI or they're just, they really do help research, but there's also basic things like we were talking about earlier where, you know, you take a pen and you put it between your teeth and you smile. Your lips can't touch it. And that produces that physiological response of happiness. And so, I mean, there's just such practical, but also amazing and, you know, technological advances that are being made. And we're just trying to understand um, emotions and how society views emotions and understands emotions and also individual interactions and how we perceive our awareness. So, Absolutely. And just the ability to be able to experiment and like learn more about Mm -hmm. emotions in so many different ways and just kind of how it demonstrates that they manifest themselves in multiple different ways. Mm -hmm. So we have the physiological where we can look at the heart rate of the participant. 
but we also the blood have, flow to the brain. Yeah, yeah, and like the neurological of seeing like, okay, what's firing with the EEG technology and being able to understand more of that. But then also just kind of the everyday experiences that we have with emotions of do we experience emotions because our body tells us what they are? Yeah. Or do we tell our body what this emotion is? Just super fascinating. Yeah, and just like with the difference between, you know, how long is it lasting? Is it a mood? Is it just a fleeting emotion? Um, it's just fascinating to look at all the different aspects because it is multifaceted and not everyone agrees, but that is the beauty of it and we are learning as we go. So You know what else I find really fascinating? So I love watching crime shows. <laughs> um, so when we were talking about in class the facts, um, and that stands for Facial Action Coding System. Mm -hmm. So if you ever watch a crime show and you see that the investigators or police officers are filming their suspect yeah it's because they will eventually go back watch the footage and see if that person was giving away hints or emotions or clues that they weren't aware of um mm -hmm. and it's really interesting so the manual for a class that teaches all that alone is about 350 dollars and that doesn't include the class itself any other books you might need but like mm -hmm. there's so many little movements of your face and all the different like four main muscles just like they move and it's just incredible so I found that section really interesting mm -hmm. yeah what they'll do is they'll you know decode or the not decode they will code the facial um, movements and expressions and there are things like micro expressions that we make um, and there are four different um, muscles in the face that they look at specifically you know the one by the center of your eyebrow um, you know, your startle reflex, disgust, happiness. There's just a bunch of different things that we can look at to measure emotions um, as we're kind of observing, you know, whether it's, you know, how multifaceted it is. It's so mm -hmm. interesting. Yeah. And I love that use of that phrase of multifaceted because emotions really are. There's mm -hmm. so many different characteristics and aspects to it. Yeah. And while it's not so simple mm -hmm. to be able to answer the question of like what is an emotion what are these things we hope that you guys are able to like go on this journey with us and look more into this kind of stuff because it really is fascinating how emotions and research on this field have grown and progressed in trying to answer that question of what is an emotion yeah but and even so, like, I tend to believe that if we didn't need emotions, they wouldn't be here. So I think that they can really be an asset and they have a purpose in our life. So I just encourage you guys to, you know, look at your emotions and your experiences and learn about yourself and other people in the process. Yeah, and like, as much as we know about being, as much as we know about psychology, being psychology majors, it's still fun to like, read something and like challenge yourself to like mm -hmm. actually understand it from a different point of view or it's just I love it yeah <laughs> if you can't tell I love psychology um but we really hope that you guys enjoyed this episode of emotion overload what are emotions mm -hmm. and next time we are going to be talking about so next time we're going to be tackling some common misconceptions about emotions which Y'all, this is going to be such a fun time Very of going through these and kind of breaking down what these different things that we've learned are, where they came from a little bit, 
and also what the literature says about them mm-hmm. because I mean they're misconceptions but fact or fiction so? yeah <laughs> agree to but if you guys have any comments or questions or want to kind of tell us some common misconceptions that you've learned or have heard um feel free to shoot us a message um on twitter or instagram we're at emotion underscore overload underscore podcast and you can follow us there send us a tweet send us a dm like come dialogue with us yeah we'd love to hear your (laughs) thoughts and interact with you on this super awesome topic of emotions which hope you enjoy it (laughs) awesome thank you guys so much for for listening. listening bye